God, thank you so much for your word and for revealing it to us. God, you take the cover off and you make it real to us and you cause us to be able to see what others can't see, what we can only see because you open blind eyes. So we're asking you tonight, open our eyes. I want my eyes open, God, so much. I want to be able to hear what you are saying. Lord, I want to see you. I want to know you, God, as much as is possible for a human being to know you. I want to know you as much as it is your will for human beings recreated in your likeness that we would know you. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit that strengthens our inner man according to the riches of your glory. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this series is called Walking in the Spirit, and the title of this message is Someone is in You. Someone is in you. When you're born again, God, Holy Spirit, comes inside of you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's an inward savior. He doesn't save us from the outside. He is on the inside of us. And he is the indwelling source of spiritual life. It is in us. John 4, 10. This is Jesus talking to the woman at the well. And he goes there and sits down and she's there and he asks her for a drink. And so she's talking to him about that. Why are you asking me for a drink? I'm a Samaritan woman. Jews don't have anything to do with us. And in John 4, verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. She said, you'd ask me, and I would give you living water. All you have to do is ask. That's all you have to do. Now look at verse 14, because Jesus is going to tell her about this, what, what this water will do. And he tells her about the well that she's beside. He said, everyone who drinks from this well... They're going to be thirsty again. But look at verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. It's an inner, never-failing source of the life of God. It doesn't come from us. We don't have it. It comes from God. And this fountain of water, this living water satisfies every need. I don't have any wants 
I was talking to someone this morning, and they were so excited about what, what God is doing in their life and how, um, you know, their life is different, and it's really good. And as I was talking to this person, I thought, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The only thing I want is to see more of Jesus, uh, to know him. That's all that I want. So it's this, this living water that satisfies every need. Jesus is the life giver. He's, he said, I have life in me, and I give that life to people. I give that life. And he, he stood up in the temple. We'll read it in a little bit. But he stood up and he cried out, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. You can drink what I have. Now let's read John 4, 14 again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. It will become in him. That's the phrase I want to talk about. It will become in him. It has become in you. It has become something in you. It has become a well of water on the inside of you. That become is to become, and it signifies a change of condition, a state, or place. And it's talking about God's actions, what God has done, as emerging from eternity and becoming, being manifested in time, in physical space. Where is it manifested? In you and me. That God, God, his action in saving us and Jesus being this living water is now manifested on the inside of us. There's a well in us. There's a well of, it springs up, it's living water on the inside of us and it is really there. There's a well of water in me, and it's a constant supply of God, Holy Spirit, and his grace on the inside of me. And it says that it will spring up. There's activity. It's an ever-living fountain flowing at all times. And its motion is derived from itself. It's in there. I can't get it to do anything, but it's a, I can just know that it's there. And walk in the Spirit, who is in me. And it springs up to eternal life. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I was talking to someone in, uh, about Jesus, and they said, yes, I, I've prayed that prayer. I've been born again. I'm saved. But I like to do my own thing. I like to do what I want to do. And so I said, you know, Jesus, if, if Jesus is your Lord, Lord means supreme authority. And that means that he is the one that tells you what to do. But what he tells you to do gives you abundant life. You have life in him, and then you have abundant life. Living in Jesus is abundant life. 
And I was saying anything that you give up that you want to do in exchange for what he wants you to do is going to produce life in you. It's going to be good. It's going to be abundant life for you. It springs up. Now, turn to 2 Peter 1. We'll just look at this for a second because this is what God has done so that we will have this abundant life. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it's talking about grace and peace being multiplied to us in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. If we could just have a knowledge of God and see who he is, how, if we could see his heart for us, if we could see what he can do, if we can see what he has done in the new birth, in the new creation, in putting himself on the inside of us. Verse 3 says, that seeing that his divine power, that's that action of God that comes only from him. He is the divine one. That divine power is granted to us. It's been granted to us. It's a gift. Just because that's who God is and he gave it, that divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them we may be partakers of the divine nature that is, is beyond what we can think with our natural mind, but so that we can be partakers of his divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Living in this world, living in the flesh, is so below what God has for us and what he has done. So this is just freely given so that if we can see it, and know it, that it will become reality in our lives, and we'll be walking in the Spirit, we'll be sowing to the Spirit, and reaping life everlasting, that eternal life, that life as God has it. And God's great plan is to change us from glory to glory. He wants to change us from glory to glory, from the inside out. That's how he wants to do it. Now turn to John 7, and we'll look at verse 37. Because this talks more about living water. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. If you drink physical water, if you drink water, your thirst is going to be quenched. And you need water to live. And there is something that, that, that only water will do for you. I need a drink of water. When they go out... I feel I had a friend who um, 
was a farmer and when they would go out they would take water and they would it was just water and they wouldn't put ice in it because that wasn't good when they were out in the hot sun but they would take that water they didn't want anything else but water because that was what was going to replenish them and quench their thirst and cause them to be able to continue the harvest in that hot hot sun if you come to jesus and drink what are you going to get if you're drinking Jesus, oh, thank you, God. He cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So Jesus is telling us where he is. In us, he's in our innermost being or in our belly. And that word means the abdomen, the heart, a general term covering any organ in the abdomen, stomach, or the womb. Holy Spirit is in your belly. This is where he is. This is one of the things that has helped me. He's here. The Spirit of Christ dwells in your heart, but it's not the the blood pump. It's not here. It's your innermost being called your heart, your inner man. Jesus is in there. God is in there. And so if we acknowledge where the Holy Spirit is, then he's not in our physical heart. He's not floating about around us. He's not in the sky. He's not going to come down. He already did. He is in us. And so, just for a moment, just put your hand where you're, on your belly. This is where your innermost being is. And just think about that for a minute. Don't do anything but think about it. And then it says, from your innermost being will flow these rivers of living water. Life affecting every part of us and flowing out of us. Now let's go ahead and read verse 39 so that you can see where it says in the word, because after he talks about these rivers of living water, then in verse 39, John 7, 39, but this he spoke of who? The Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we know that it's the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. God himself, Christ dwelling in us, these rivers of living water. And our belly where Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ is, has to be our starting place for walking in the Spirit, for walking with Jesus. That's why we started here, because it's the starting place. You can't walk in the Spirit without God. Don't try to walk in the Spirit without God. 
We abide in him, and he abides in us. He dwells in us. And I know that I've, I've tried to do things without God before. I know I have. But you can have God, your, not only your constant companion, the one who will never leave you. How could he leave you? He's inside. He is inside of you who will never leave you, but your, your help, and I need help a lot, and I, I need to realize um, more that I need help more, but pride causes us to not acknowledge the help that we need so many times, and then we're just stuck and rivers of living water are in there. They're not flowing to every part of us, but because our pride is saying, okay, I can handle this myself. And, oh, I, I already know that. You think you're going to teach me something about, you know, God? Because I, I already learned that. I've already been knowing that for a long time. That's pride. And it's also not true. John 14, 12. says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. You know, that's for us. When you think about what Jesus did when he was here, and he, he's so wonderful. He was here, and he came to a world that hated him. A world that reviled him, that mocked him, that literally killed him, and he never reviled in return. If anyone would have a, a reason to. I mean, Jesus, he's perfect. He's love. He never did anything wrong. He never hurt anyone. And yet, he never reviled in return. He never gave an insult for an insult. No, we can be like Jesus. He's on the inside of us. But I, that wouldn't be my natural thought. If you insult me, I can come back with something for you. It wouldn't be my natural thought to think down about where Christ, the Spirit of Christ is in me, and do what Jesus would do. Um, I'll make this really short, but Ryan and Stephanie didn't get, get to hear. Somebody stole Emily's debit card over in Turkey, and they didn't know it until they were missing 300 and some dollars out of their account. And Emily uh, was at the, it's the Kipa, that's what they, their grocery store is, and 
they always fold her receipt with her card in it, and so they just folded her receipt and handed it to her, but not the card. And she, so she didn't know it. So she had to go and look at the video with the clerk. The clerk that checked her out is the one who stole it. And Emily knew that because she had remembered what had transpired and the, the girl had done something different than she did normally and turned her back and did something. And Emily saw it. And so they watched the video, her and the clerk and the store manager, for two hours. And Emily was sitting there trying to use the Turkish that she knew. And uh, she said they kept looking at her like she was you know, really stupid because she you know, wasn't able to get her words out to tell them what she needed to tell them. And the clerk was saying, no, you came back in and made another transaction after you left. Telling, you know, telling, and, and so Emily really couldn't explain it. And they realized they were at an impasse and nothing was going to happen. This girl, this clerk, they knew the purchases that she'd made. Uh, because they could see him on their bank, bank statement, but she was a single mom, and she was the only one in her family that was working, that was employed. She lived with her parents. And so she bought some things she needed. She paid off the baby crib and bought some other things. And uh, so anyway, um, and Joel and Emily weren't going to have the police called. And so when they got up to leave, when they finally realized, you know, Emily just gave up and said, you know, I know you did this, but, you know, we're not going to keep doing this. Emily hugged, hugged her. And so that night, the manager of all the keepers called Joel. And he said, we've never had this happen, but this girl is in here crying, confessing that she took her card. And... So now they have a witness there with all those people. All those people know them because it's their neighborhood grocery store. And they know that Emily and Joel wouldn't call the police. The girl did lose her job, and Joel even asked if can she keep her job when they found out the great need that they had because there's so much unemployment there. They have so many refugees there that are coming from Iraq and other places. And um, the pastor was able to take two of the managers out for coffee and talk to them there about Jesus. And so it's a very exciting, such an exciting thing. But Emily wouldn't hug that clerk. Emily wouldn't do that in the natural. It's only Jesus. Only Jesus could enable you to do something like that but that was the love of God in manifestation. That was the actions of God coming from him, from that divine realm, and becoming in Emily, that well springing up to eternal life. And it was manifested right then. And then um, must have done something in that girl that she had to tell what she had done and there are more things that we can do there are more works for us to do there are miracles for us to do in jesus name because he is on the inside of us working and there's there's love there's self-control to show i of course didn't see 
the playoff game where they think the, the Kansas City Chief may have lost the game because of his temper and got the penalty. Um, he he could have had self-control, but he did something different. Um, so, anyway, the the fruit of the Holy Spirit and walking in the Holy Spirit. What about when you need patience? Don't try to have patience on your own. But down where the where these rivers of living water, where the Holy Spirit is, if you could think, God, you're in me. You're in me, and you want to do something different than I would want to just yield to in this situation. That's faith, your faith working, faith in God. So John 14, 12, that's Jesus working through believers then look at verse 13. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's also God can be glorified. It's also the, so the world can see God. That's why we're to love one another. Jesus said that's the way the world's going to know that you're my disciples. If you have love for one another, that's how they'll know. That means we need to... to recognize what's on the inside of us, who's on the inside of us. Someone is on the inside of us. Then it says in verse 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. What's his commandment? Jesus said that he gave a new commandment, and it's that you love one another even as I have loved you. That means you would lay down your life for a brother. That means you would lay down your life for someone even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. It's divine. It's holy. Humans can't do it except for that there's a river on the inside of them and then that would enable them to be able to do that. Paul said, I'd be accursed if my brethren could know Jesus. And I believe that he really meant that. That's, that's God working in Paul. If you love me, you will keep that commandment. I need help. I need help. I have to have help to love like that. I don't, I don't have that kind of love within myself. But God in me is that lover. He's the one that loved that way. And he wants to be the one that flows out of me with that love. Now look at verse 16 because he's going to tell us how we're going to get the help that we need to do what he just said. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's one that's like me. When the disciples walked with Jesus, he had to help them. He had to say, you know, I mean, there's a demon-possessed boy. He's been thrown to the ground. He's thrashing about, and the disciples can't help him. Jesus said, bring him here to me. 
bring him to me, which should show us what God's will is. If Jesus were here, he would take care of it. If Jesus were here, he would heal. He would cast out the demon. He would do something. Bring him here to me. And then they asked him, why couldn't we? And he tells them. He tells them because he wants them to know. He wasn't coming down on them like, you sorry, sorry losers. Why didn't you know that you would have to fast and pray for this one to come out? Why didn't you know that? No, he's just trying to help them so that they can do the works that he did. A helper, that he may be with you forever. He will never leave. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him. You know him. I know him. Because he abides with you and will be in you. That's what Jesus said. There are rivers of living water in you. They are in you. And that is, so then he's explaining, the, it's the Holy Spirit. He's just explaining it again. He is going to be in you. When he talked about the water that he gives that will cause you to never thirst, but that water that I will give him will become in him. In him it will become that well that's springing up to eternal life. So someone is in you. Just put, put your hand on your belly again. Just acknowledging him like that causes something to happen in our midst. Like his, his presence becomes more manifested. Now when we come next Sunday morning, we can let those rivers flow out of us. Those rivers of who God is, his love, his hope, his might, his help, his encouragement, that can flow in this place from us. Those rivers don't come from somewhere else. We can't beseech God to send them down from heaven because he'll say, uh, you need to look in John 7, 38 and 39. Tell your pastor she better look that up and help you remember where those living waters are. And then we can see God. Someone is in us. Let's stand. And if you will do that, just throughout the day like there's a lot of things that I can get frustrated at every day but I found that as I acknowledge Holy Spirit in me on the inside of me right 
right where he is in me that I have had less and less of those times because I just give it over to God who's inside of me and I trust him and then as much as it lies within me this is our responsibility as much as it lies within me be at peace with all men working with all different kinds of people and seeing all different kinds of people and people can do all different kinds of things things you'd never dream they would do or say or ask and you can trust God inside of you and then you can be at peace and then I guarantee you, people see something about you. People have asked me ever since I was a teenager and wasn't even walking with God that much, but as much as I knew. Why doesn't that, why aren't you upset? Why doesn't that bother you? And then you can fall back and get in that, that mode of getting really irritated and expressing that irritation to those around you and talking about it. But since I've been practicing this, I haven't done that. And it's a great thing. It's peace ruling. And it's, it's the God of peace puts Satan under our feet. That's what the Bible says. And so you walk like that, and it's a different way. But it's just changing, changing your, your thinking, changing, having your mind be renewed, changing your mind and repenting, and learning to walk a new way, learning to walk in the Spirit. You're going to have to learn to walk in the Spirit, and, and you're going to have to learn to do, you can learn to do it all the time, and you can learn to walk in the Spirit the way that the Bible is talking about, but no one is perfect at it, just like when Oxley started to learn to walk. He fell down, and uh, he's getting really good at it now, but he still falls, he's finding new ways to fall down, new ways that are going to trip him up, and that will happen but you can still learn, and you can get better and better at it. Not in yourself, but with God. Because, see, you have a helper. You have someone that's right beside you. He's the paraclete. He's called alongside to help. And, and the thing about it is, is that he wants to. That's like his job. One of his jobs is to help me walk in the Spirit and to see the truth and to know God. That's what, and he's right beside me to do that. He just wants to be able to do it. Thank you, God. I need help. Say, I need help. <laughs> oh, help me, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, God. Heavenly Father, we do are so grateful for Holy Spirit. We're grateful for the thing that you did so that we could share in your divine life. It's so amazing to us, but we really believe that you want that for us and that you want us to be partakers of your divine nature and that we have escaped uh, the corruption that's in this world by lust. And we're so thankful for that. We don't even know everything that means, but we're so grateful for your protection and your, keep, your keeping power 
over us and working in us, God, that has kept us from so many things that we don't even know. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for the good life. Thank you for the abundant life that you have for us. Thank you that you're our shepherd and we don't want for anything. Thank you that our cup overflows. Oh, thank you, God. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.